0: Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us today. I am so thankful to be your host. And we're going to be looking at some ancient manuscripts, but not in Greek. And this is where people who just kind of have a cursory knowledge of textual studies and textual criticism, it's called, which I really don't like that term, but they fail to see that the Greek manuscript tradition is just one part of a multi-pronged authenticity or authentication process of a manuscript. Because unlike the Old Testament, Hebrew and a little Aramaic, the New Testament, I mean, as soon as the Gospel went somewhere... And according to Romans and Colossians, it went to every creature under heaven about 20 years after the day of Pentecost, which is feasible, by the way, if you do the math. Um, many would say, well, under heaven just means the Roman world. It's common Roman lingo. I understand that. But uh, <laughs> they were going into all the world, not just the Roman world. And so... Uh, you know, you find uh, Christianity in Chinese. And some groups have even, you know, tried to find Christianity in the so-called New World at a very early date. But that's a whole nother topic. But uh, so every time the gospel went to a new people group, the first order of business was to translate the Bible in their language so they could have God's word spoken to them in their native tongue. So God bless, thanks for being here, let's get started. We're on page 122 of the Popular Handbook of Archeology span in the Bible by Holden and Geisler. And it starts with this, Early New Testament Translation in Various Languages. So in addition to the nearly 6,000 Greek manuscripts there are over 19,000 manuscripts of early translations of the Bible into languages like Syriac, Latin, And you've even got Old Latin and other Latin, uh, Coptic, Armenian, Georgian, Ethiopic, Arabic, Slavonic, Nestorian, and Gothic. There's so many more. Amheric, Metzger does a very good job of listing those. That makes a total of some 25,000 manuscripts. Nothing like this exists for any other book in the ancient world. And I've actually heard there's over 20,000 manuscripts, but... We won't split hairs there. And then there's lectionaries, and then there's quotes by early Christian writings, and even people that were against the church, like Juvenal, you know, would quote scripture and talk about people from scripture in uh, lampooning and satirizing the church. One of the great authentications attesting to the trustworthiness of New Testament manuscripts lies in the preservation of the scriptural translations of the early church. To produce a version, one must translate from original language to another, for example, Greek to English or Hebrew to German. To accomplish such a task, one must not only have a clear knowledge of the languages addressed, but also an understanding of how to preserve both the form and the meaning of the text. Now also, like William Carey, considered to be the first modern-day missionary, we could dispute that, but that's kind of his moniker, you have to create alphabets, words, teach the locals, then translate the Bible. Unbelievable. And folks like Wycliffe and those still are doing that type thing. Because not everybody has a written alphabet. In response to the exhortation to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, the early church began translation of scriptures in the New Testament. Although Greek was a significant language of the day, was not sufficient for the church's evangelistic calling. Cause even there, like when you're in what Acts 14, where it says that they began to say in the speech of Lycaonia. So you have a different speech. Lycaonia was werewolfism, believe it or not. Syriac versions, the Bishop of Edessa. Raboula is undoubtedly noteworthy for his contribution to the standard Syriac edition in the New Testament we possess today. A lot of people talk about a Heraclean recension also. In the 5th century AD, he worked to revise previously written Syriac versions according to the Byzantine textual character. His revision was dispersed throughout the churches in his diocese. This revised version of the New Testament and a Syriac version of the Old Testament was called the Peshitta. George Lamsa, George M. Lamsa, has a very popular Peshitta translation now. Other noteworthy versions come from the works of early church fathers such as Origen and Tatian. And I think Orthodox Christians would consider both of them non Orthodox. The Syro-Hexapleric version is a Syriac rendering that makes up the fifth column of the six-language Hexapla of origin. Perhaps unduly literal in its translation, it lacks adequate meaning for the language and thus was never fully accepted by Syrian churches. Also, Tatian's compilation of the Gospels in the one literary work, the Diatessaron, was widely noticed among Syrians. One of Multiple harmonies of the Gospels. So God bless you. We're going to look at some other languages and their significance. But We just want to say thank you for being here and uh, share with your friends, family, church, family, Sunday schools, and uh, pray for us. And please leave us a five-star review. It really helps people find us. We'll talk with you later. Please also don't forget to subscribe and listen to our playlist if you'd be so kind. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.